On this week's episode of the Vero Beach Social Media Pop-Up Podcast, we have Susan Adams, owner of Marsh Landing, president of the Felsmere Frog Lake Festival, and current county commissioner. We talk all things marketing in the restaurant business, county politics, and frog legs, and we also bring up Florida State football. Give it a listen. You're going to love it. I guarantee it. Welcome to Salt Vero. Uh, I'm here with Susan Adams. I'm Curtis Carpenter. I just banged the table. Did you hear that? I yeah, did. I don't, I'm not going to do that again. So again, we are <laughs> in the salt therapy room here. It is uh, uh, one of the coolest atmospheres for a podcast we've ever done. But uh, Susan, owner of Marsh Landing, county commissioner, uh, runs the Frog Lake Festival in charge of it. How's that word? Um, <laughs> this is my third year as president of the Frog Lake Festival. Okay. So, yeah. so wearing a lot of hats. So Susan, why don't you introduce yourself? I sure. think I already did it for you, but go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And we'll get rolling with this thing. Sure. So I'm Susan Adams. Um, grew up in Felsmere. Uh, my mom and I own and operate Marsh Landing Restaurant. Um, I started out as a city council member for the city of Felsmere. Um, and currently I'm a county commissioner for District 1, which covers the North County area of Indian River County. Uh, my mom and her friends, uh, you know, crazy as they are, started the Frog Lake Festival about 30 years ago. And um, like everything out in Felsmere, it's kind of a community event, so and a community affair with with everything. So, uh, this is my turn, second uh, generation taking it on. So I've been running that, uh, like I said, for about three years now. But we have a great committee, so I certainly don't do it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So of course, this podcast we're going to talk a lot about, a lot about marketing. Um, that's the key, and we've got three things that I'd really like to talk about marketing with you, which is the Frog Lake Festival, Marsh Landing, and the County Commission. I'll let you decide what we want to talk about first. Um, <laughs> shoot, what, what, what's, I guess, I know what I want to talk about first. I want to talk about Marsh Landing okay. because it's such a cool story how you guys acquired it. Um, so I'm not going to go any further. I already ruined your introduction. Why don't you tell us about <laughs> Marsh Landing and how it came about? Sure. So, um, you know, Marsh Landing is housed in the Felsmere States Corporation building, which was built in 1926. Um, it sat, the city used it actually for a while. Um, well, let me start, let me back up. Originally, it was an office building uh, for the Felsmere States Corporation. It was a land sales office. And then when. In 1926. In 1926. And then when the land sales boom went bust, um, you know, several years later, sugar cane moved into the area and it became the offices for Felsmere Crystals which moved down south and became Florida Crystals, um, which is kind of cool. But then when Sugarcane moved out of Felsmere, the city used the building um, for city hall, for municipal space. It was actually housed the police department wow. for, one, wow. for a little bit. And um, cool story about that, the police department at the time only had one officer on duty at a time. So if they arrested oh somebody... If they arrested somebody, they couldn't take them to the jail. So they had to house them in Felsmere, and they didn't have a jail cell necessarily. <laughs> so what they used was the safe in the restaurant. There was a safe there in the clerk's office, so they would actually hold the prisoners. Wait a minute. They would put a person into the safe. Correct. Interesting. It had, it had you know, like a front door <laughs> and then a gated door. So right. it's not... <laughs> I mean, it's uh, what happens if you forget the combo or something, right? Right. right. <laughs> so then, when the next officer would come on duty, then they would transport whoever they had arrested gotcha. um, down there because they couldn't leave 
town un- unsupervised. Um, so it's also a good time to rob a bank. Like exactly. if you know that somebody's getting arrested, it's like, all right, yeah, let's go commit a crime. There's only one officer. Let's go commit a crime. Um, so the city used it for a while, and then they it fell into disrepair. The city boarded it up. And when I was growing up, when we moved, we moved to Felsmere in the early '80s, and my whole youth, all I can remember remember is the building being chained off. Um, like fenced off and boarded up and it was like one of those buildings you would walk by really fast you wouldn't go by on halloween (laughs) it was really creepy um so the city decided that they were going to tear it down okay and my mom and some of the other um community leaders in fellsmere decided that this was a, a really important building it was a large building it was kind of a cornerstone of the broadway corridor and the city shouldn't tear it down at the very least, they should auction it off and set the minimum bid for what it would cost them to tear it down so they wouldn't be losing any money. Right, right. So mom went down to listen to the auction and see who was going to buy it, what they were going to do with it. And I remember I was in high school and she came home and we're like, ooh, who bought the building? You know, what's it, what are they going to do? It's so cool. She's like, well, I didn't like what anybody was going to do with it, so I bought it. <laughs> I was like, well, what are we going to do with it? Um, so it took her, she bought it in 96. And it took her several years to renovate it. Um, it, Like I said, it had been boarded up for 30 years, so it was in complete disrepair. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, but the bones were there. It was still super cool. And um, so she opened the restaurant in 2002. All right, so it took her about six years to get it up and going. Now, did she have restaurant experience? Had she run a restaurant before? She had not herself run a restaurant, uh, but she grew up my uh, her family my grandfather and grandmother owned a barbecue restaurant in North Carolina. Okay. So she'd grown up in the restaurant business. Gotcha. Gotcha. And because I can't imagine like just buying a dilapidated building, renovating it and saying, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to go start a restaurant. I have zero restaurant experience. I would never be able to do that. Yeah. Well, and you know, the funny thing is, is a lot of people think that the Frog Leg Festival grew out of Marsh Landing. But the truth is, is that Marsh Landing grew out of the Frog Leg Festival because the Frog Leg Festival had already been established at that point. So, um, and she had been running that and running the kitchen there. So she had some experience and and it the thought was this was kind of a way to showcase what felsmere is all about all year round gotcha gotcha so that leads me to the, my next question marsh landing is in the middle of nowhere it's in the middle of felsmere how <laughs> if you're going to marsh landing like you're going there it's not like you just have to be passing in it's like oh, okay i'm hungry maybe i'll go get some food how did it gain its following from the Frog Lake Festival? That's part of it. Um, part of it was from the Frog Lake Festival. Part of it was people just being curious um, about Felsmere and wanting to come out and see what Felsmere was about. And now there was a destination they could go to. Um, part of it is the preservation of history that she had had done. Um, you know, we have so many old pictures on the walls and implements, and it's as much a museum as it is a restaurant. Um, it's a really cool place, by the way. I mean, obviously, we're trying to push Marsh Landing a little bit in this podcast, but <laughs> it, without doing that, I mean, it is a super, super cool place if you've never been there. Yeah, there's a lot to see there. Yeah. Um, I always tell people, you know, it's going to take a couple trips to see everything there is to see at Marsh Landing. Um, but, you know, my mom has is an amazing personality in and of herself. She's kind of a character, and she was just able to figure out something unique that was going to bring people out um, to experience. And and over the years, I have to say, we rely a lot on word of mouth. 
Um, we do we do some marketing. We probably should do a little bit more. But it, what you say is exactly right. Nobody just drives by Marsh Landing and thinks, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to stop there. Right. You really have to think in the morning, I'm going to go to lunch at Marsh Landing or I'm going to go to dinner or whatever. Yeah, it's almost like your your weekly dinner plan or whatever. It's like, all right, well, Monday tacos or I guess t- Tuesday would be tacos, right? right? Monday burgers, Tuesday tacos, Wednesday Marsh Landing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple years after we opened, we started the Bluegrass Jam. Um, which kind of fit naturally with the country theme of the restaurant. And that really grew and brought a lot of people that hadn't experienced, um, you know, Felsmere, the restaurant. Because at the time, bluegrass wasn't that popular. So finding a place to really go listen to it and participate and and jam with the different um, musicians was a unique thing. So what nights, because you guys do this bluegrass thing once a week, right? What nights Mm -hmm. do you have bluegrass music? So we have bluegrass right now. Um, We change things around because of COVID, but right now we have bluegrass every Thursday night. Okay, Thursday Mm -hmm. nights. All right, so if you're listening to this and you want to listen to bluegrass, go Thursday night to Marsh Landing. Yeah, (laughs) come on out. You can, if you're a bluegrass musician or somebody that likes to, you know, pick the guitar or whatnot, you can bring your instrument, you can play with the band, you can sing a song. It's funny, in season we have a lot of people that will come down to visit um, and, and they'll bring their banjos or their fiddles and they'll they'll play with the band and that's really cool. So it's just like an open mic type thing, like you got an instrument, you want to come play, come come jam. Yep, gotcha. it's an open jam, so you know, we have different core bands that play on different weeks, um, but there's always somebody there that can get up and play. Gotcha. Um, what other events do you have there? Do you have weekly things often or is it just bluegrass on Thursdays? Bluegrass is our big thing. Um, And then, you know, throughout the year, we do different things around the holidays. uh, We'll have, you know, some nature photographers that'll come and do uh, like little shows. Um, We've had the highwaymen, Ray McClendon, come and paint uh, pictures at the restaurant and then show off, you know, his his pictures and things like that. So we do different um, group kind of shows and things of that nature. But on a regular basis, bluegrass is really on Thursdays, our big deal. Gotcha. So I'm going to uh, segue from now Marsh Landing into the Frog Lake Festival, which we talked a little bit about. When is it? It's the same time every year, right? Yep. It yeah. always starts the third Thursday in January okay. and runs Thursday through Sunday. Okay. Um, this year will be our 31st year. <laughs> so who knew that a Frog Lake Festival would last this long or would be as big of a deal as it is? And in fact, the Felsmere Frog Leg Festival holds two Guinness World Records. Oh. We are the right. largest frog leg festival in the world. Oh, okay. Probably in the smallest what's, town. What's number two? <laughs> I want to know the number two largest frog leg festival. <laughs> I think the number two is in Louisiana. Okay. Well, that would you. make sense. Yeah. Gator tail and, yeah. and frog legs. Yeah. Okay. And then we also hold the world record for the most pounds of frog legs served in one day. So what's that number? So we served, um, when they came out, we served 5,000 pounds of frog legs. 5,000 pounds. That's a lot of frogs. It's a lot of frogs. Yeah, I mean, do you know how many? I mean, was that like 20,000 frogs or something? Right. <laughs> it was. It ended up being about 10,000 dinners Okay. Oh in that day, God. which, you know, to be honest with you, we usually serve about 5,000 pounds a year of frog legs over the course of four days so to do it in one day <laughs> yeah that's wild it was a community effort and and they did a they did a huge marketing campaign to get people to come out yeah and for those of you that have never been to this it's at what is that field or what's it is it like just like the city park yeah okay. it's at city hall but we call it the old school complex because okay. city hall is located in the original Felsmere school gotcha um 
so it's kind of it's kind of held in that whole ground like by the little league field it's all kind of in the same area yeah and so i mean they're frying them right there they're cooking them right there and then you go up and you get your little styrofoam box and it's got the frog legs or gator tail or whatever it is that you order and it's you go sit down at the picnic table and eat and it's amazing yeah <laughs> and, and if you've never had frog legs they're actually like really good they are yeah. really good um i always tell everybody well my mom says chicken tastes like frog legs okay but most people you know frog legs taste like chicken right right um and then over the years we've had people that, that haven't really wanted to commit to the whole thing because or a whole dinner because you know frog legs they look like frog legs oh, yeah. and so yeah. it can be a little intimidating to people so a couple years ago we added a menu item and it's called a, a frog pop which is basically like a frog leg on a stick and it looks a little less frog leggy well, it's just, you only have to eat one instead of getting like a whole pound of them. Right, right. <laughs> you don't have to commit as much. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you take that first bite and you're like, yeah, maybe I'm not that big of a chicken fan or a frog leg fan. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm done. And then you wasted a pound. But if you get a frog pop, hey, yeah, it's a great, it's about... great, great appetizer for your pound of frog legs. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but the Frog Leg Festival, I don't know if you know, has a cool marketing story. No, I want to hear so it. So the first year, um, the ladies decided that um, they wanted to raise money for youth recreation. The city didn't have a specific budget for that, and and so, the, but the city of Felsmere had a lot of has a lot of kids. It has a very young average age. So, you know, what are we going to do? Blah blah blah. At the time, the Grant Seafood Festival was going on, and they're like, well, we can do our own kind of festival of some sort. Um, we can do frog legs because that's what Felsmere is known for. We have all these people that go out frog gigging and stuff. And um, they're like, well, what are we going to call it? The Felsmere Frog Leg Festival? And the ladies are like, why not? It says exactly what we are. So they, everybody in town, you know, brought over their friars. They had put up a couple tents out in front of the old school. And they figured it was just going to be kind of a community event. Right. Well, like any good festival, they wanted to have a cool T-shirt. So they had some T-shirts made. And it was three frogs dancing in a frying pan. <laughs> um, and they sent, at the time, um, Al Roker on the today was on the today show i believe and Makes sense. he would wear these weird shirts that people would send to him while he did the weather so they decided to send him a frog leg festival shirt all right so they sent him the shirt and he w actually wore it oh man and started talking about the felsmere frog leg festival <laughs> was this the first year this is the first year oh my god and this is also I just want to make the caveat. This is before cell phones. Okay, right. So they get set up, and at this point, it was only going to be three days. So they get set up on Friday night, and half of the committee decides to go to the movies because nobody, it was just Friday night. It was yeah, going to be a slow coming. night. Nobody's yeah. coming. You know, yeah. don't have to worry about Saturday. But what, what, This was 1990? Mm -hmm. So we're going to go watch, like, Days of Thunder or something. Something yeah. like that. So the ladies go down <laughs> to the movies, and the festival opened at 5, and so many people started pouring into Felsmere that the Highway Patrol actually had to start directing traffic oh. at I-95 and 512. Because at the time, you know, it was only a two, 512 was only two lane. It's still two lane coming into Felsmere, but it was only two lane getting off of 95. Right. So all these people stopped pouring into Felsmere. And at the time, you, all you could do was beep. You know, there was right, only beepers. Right, there right. wasn't cell phones. So mom's frantically <laughs> beeping everybody, and they're in the movies and could care less. Oh, man. So long and short, they ran out of frog legs the first night. <laughs> like, they had 500 pounds. They figured that would last the whole weekend. Yeah, it'll and last they, the whole year. They yeah. ran out. So they had to send all the guys in town, you know, went out frog gigging to help get frogs. <laughs> my mom um, sent me and my sister and... 
we weren't really old enough to drive, but she gave us the keys to the van and said, go, you know. This is an an emergency situation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is a list. Stop at everybody's house. If they have an airboat in the yard, stop and see if you can buy frog legs. Go to Miss Smith's house. She said she has 20 pounds. Go, you know, to Miss, to the other lady's house. She said she has five pounds and just collect as many frog legs from around town as you can get. And every night they would run out and every night the guys would go out frogging. And so it really started out as a whole town event and it's just grown and grown and grown every year and um to the point where you know we have people that that come down from ohio just to go to the festival we have people that call us from washington state because they collect the t-shirts that we have to send them t-shirts every year and it's been crazy and it all started because they had a a cool shirt that al roker wore on tv i mean (laughs) before facebook before instagram before twitter before any of that al roker was the social media guy was the social media guy he made it go viral it was crazy (laughs) yeah that's actually before things went viral that's awesome i had no clue i didn't know that story Mm -hmm. yeah so actually this will segue a little bit into the county commission i didn't know that story i've known you since 2016 Mm -hmm. when you ran for county commission the first time um and i remember you called and 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 at the time i was doing consulting and you said yeah you know i could use your help i want to run for county commission i'm like all right where do you want to meet and you said well i'm having a little committee meeting out at marsh landing i don't think i would ever been there before and i'm like where is this place so i get all the way out there i'm like how the hell is this lady gonna win a county commission race (laughs) from out here in bfe i mean uh but (laughs) just remember but i thought i'd heard all the uh, Marsh Landing and Frog Lake uh, stories, but uh, Frog Lake Festival stories, but apparently I hadn't. I had no clue about the Roker thing. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, yep. man. We used to have, and you know, you talk about how Felsmere is so far away from everything. It really is. And so growing up, we used to have this event called Felsmere Day, which was kind of like the birthday of the city, and it was a day everybody celebrated Felsmere. And um, I remember they used to sell t shirts that said, you know, where the hell is Felsmere? Right. <laughs> And it would have Florida with a map and a little dot on it. And then they would sell license plates that said, Felsmere, where the West begins. So. Yeah, well, it's where the West ends as far as I'm concerned. It is way out there. But, you know, I say it's way out there, but it's really like getting further east as, as population starts moving out west. You know, it's it's getting closer and closer to what I would call civilization. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not the Western Front right. anymore, really. Right. Yeah, it's kind, it's kind of like town now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So speaking of that, County Commission, um, you ran unopposed in 2020. Mm-hmm. Your seat's up in 2024. What's mm-hmm. the plan? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, <laughs> maybe there is no plan yet. I don't know. But Well, 2024 <laughs> is a long way away. Um, so I really haven't thought about about that but i do have a lot of things that i'm working on that i would like to see accomplished um and and bring to fruition so we'll see what the next couple years brings but you know it's it's been awesome and i have the unique um situation where i kind of knew what i was getting into a little bit because my mom had been a county commissioner when i was growing up which um she was actually county commissioner when she opened marsh landing uh which which was interesting but um (laughs) So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've been able to meet really cool people and do really cool things. So I've been very lucky to to be able to be there for what's been five six years now. So what? And I'm I'm veering way off the marketing topic now. We're on county stuff. What is the biggest issue right now in Indian River County? Like the the state of the county. What what are you guys hard pressed on right now? I think one of the biggest issues facing the county right now is just um, the blossoming growth that we're seeing. You know, COVID really let people understand that they don't necessarily have to 
to live where they work. You can do a lot more remote work now, remote school. Um, I think it made people rethink their priorities. So you have a lot of people retiring earlier. You have a lot of people that just want to move out of the hustle and bustle to a, a smaller kind of feeling of a town and I know you know a lot of us don't necessarily think of well I'm from Felsmere so Vero <laughs> Beach and Sebastian are the big city to right, me but right. um, we're going downtown Vero it's <laughs> a, a big trip I know it's like yeah. oh um, but a lot of people are looking for that kind of that kind of thing so in everything that comes with growth you know the impacts to roads the impacts to water and sewer capacity um, I always laugh I'm like you know people think that being an, a local elected official is super cool and fun. Or I don't know. I assume that they think that. They right. probably don't. But I mean, I certainly don't <laughs> think that. But maybe the general public does. And maybe I'm jaded. But <laughs> but really... I definitely don't think it's fun. So <laughs> It has its days and its moments. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things we deal the most with is infrastructure, which isn't, you know, like cool and sexy. It's, right, right. It's, you know, how things are plumbed and piped and the bones of the community. So... Everything, every new person kind of taxes that structure. Right. So just working through those things. But then personally, I've been working a lot on this broadband issue, the issue of lack of access to high-speed internet or um, yeah, low access. Yeah, I saw that survey. I took it um, last earlier this week, maybe, or mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, so tell the listeners if they want to. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Explain no. the survey and then explain where they can take it. Sure. So... <laughs> So um, we, the county is going through a feasibility study right now to figure out where we have low levels of service, where we have gaps in service, where we have no service and no internet available. Um, so part of that is doing a survey of residents and businesses. So I encourage everyone to fill out the survey online. You can go to www.ircgov.com. Um, it's, it takes only about five minutes. It's a great um, resource, and it has a speed test built into it. So we can, if you don't, because like me, I know enough to be dangerous about my own internet service. <laughs> um, so some of the questions, you know, it'll answer them for you. It, it runs a test and that kind of thing. But if you don't have access to internet, you can also fill out um, a paper survey that's available at most county facilities, the libraries, the IG Center. Um, the city of Sebastian at their city hall. And then we'll take all that information, figure out where the gaps are, and then start working with our broadband and internet partners to bring internet and better internet to different areas of the community. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. My house is in a, you know, pretty dense, I guess, for lack of better mm-hmm. terms, area. So I, I have great internet. Our office has great internet. But I mean, it really is becoming the the water and and food and, and air quality necessity um, in 2021, where if you don't have internet, I mean, you're not you're not able to really survive anymore. I mean, it sounds right. crazy. I can't even believe I'm saying those words. But I mean, if you don't have internet, how are you functioning in today's world? It's I kind of think about back back to you know like the turn of the century where you if you didn't have phone, it became a point where you couldn't operate, or if you didn't have electric, you know, and this is just as much a utility as anything else. So what we're seeing is in our more rural areas, some of our agribusinesses can't expand because they don't have access, so they can't do the shipping and the in the global market that right, they're working right. in. But even in Vero, you know, we have businesses on US-1 that don't have enough capacity to expand their systems or upgrade their POS systems or upgrade their security cameras. And then with COVID, you know, you had a lot of people trying to 
work, do school, live stream, do all sorts of stuff. So the bandwidth within the households, well, it might be okay to watch Netflix. If you're trying to watch Netflix, but your kid's trying to do virtual school and your husband's trying to work from home and it, you just didn't have enough to do it all. Yeah. I don't think people realize how many devices actually connect to your Wi-Fi router. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there, we have light bulbs in my house that connect to my Wi-Fi. I have like 47 things. It used to be dial-up, you plug it in, right. you plug in the phone line to your computer, and you've got one device that's going at 56 kilobytes per right. second, and that's how you ran it. Now, yeah, I mean, everything is run on internet and Wi-Fi, and you're right. Every device that you hook up um, will split your broadband. Mm-hmm. Um and again, if you just you know if you're getting a, a, a satellite uh, uh, internet feed or something like that out in Fallsmere, I mean you're limited. You have a maximum capacity of how much you can actually upload or download in a given right. month. And yeah, I could see that being a major, major problem. So that's the that's my current project, you know, and it and it it feeds into the quality of life, but also into economic development. So there's so many aspects that broadband hits. And the good thing is, is the state is really shining some light on this as well and providing. Um, funding for different broadband expansion programs and then the federal government is as well so it's the timing is right so everybody please fill out your surveys let us know where we need service where we have service where we have inadequate service it's Um, ircgov.com correct okay got Mm -hmm. it got it cool help us help you all right cool well Again, I, I, I wanted to touch Frog Lake Festival I wanted to touch Marsh Landing I want to touch County Commission um and you didn't really answer my 2024 question, so we'll we'll leave that there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to to bring up or talk about? Or well, first I want to say I have to say that this is the coolest podcast I've been on because yeah, of this whole salt wall situation going on. I've which, never been so relaxed during I a podcast. Know. Like I. I, I if you weren't so interesting, and I'm not blowing your skirt here, but if you weren't so interesting, I could totally fall asleep. Here. I know. I, I think we should make it last a little longer just so we can yeah. hang out in here. Well, I mean, we can turn the record off. And <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, no, this place is no, great. No, this is awesome. Yeah, Everybody if you have to come out and check out Salt. It's y- fabulous. Yeah, if you've never been, it's beachside. It's uh, This is Ocean Drive here. Mm-hmm. We're next to Nino's. Is this Hummiston Plaza? Sexton Plaza? I always get the two confused. Hummiston. Hummiston Plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Felsmere chick has to tell the Vero guy <laughs> where, where we are right now. But, yeah, we're right next to Nino's, Ocean Drive. Um, this place is awesome. They have, like, three or four of these rooms. Yeah. Um, and they're not doing it in here because we have all this camera equipment and stuff and microphones and all that but they like shoot powdered salt out while you're sitting in here and uh yeah i mean it's supposed to be good therapy it's supposed to be very good good for anxiety and stress so i'm thoroughly so we're definitely hanging out here and i did see that they do yoga in these rooms too which is sounds pretty cool yeah i'm not a big yoga guy as you can see but yeah (laughs) but um i am down for like some less stress and more relaxation so there you go yeah let's do that yeah no all right well um is that it are we done I don't know. I mean, you know, we can talk Andy, about anything all the time. Well, I, I would say, you know, I'd be interested to know, like, what your thoughts are on when you said you first started advertising, there was no internet and stuff. How do you see that, how that's impacted? And oh, how that's, oh, that's a good question. Should, Andy? I mean, Andy sets up all the cameras and everything, and he's kind of like the, the guy in the background. But a couple of these podcasts, he's brought up some good points. We need to throw a mic on him next so time. I think we should. Well, I can connect. We'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there relaxed yeah. because of the salt. Well, right. His mind's really working straight better. Straight chilling. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's a great question. So when we started the restaurant, we did a lot of print advertising. You know, print was king. Newspapers, everybody got their information there. You really didn't have social media. 
Um, radio starting out was something that was a little bit out of our reach from the expense side. Um, so we did. We just really did a lot of of what most small businesses do when they start mailers, coupons, right, right. things of that nature, word of mouth. And then as times changed and efficiencies of marketing. And also, I think you get to a point in a business where you realize, I really need to spend the money on marketing. I think for a startup business, it's hard to understand that that that's an expense you need because you're so busy just trying to make money and pay your bills. But it's one of those investments for us at this point, it's just as much an investment that we make in marketing as we make in new equipment, as we make into training, because it adds to your bottom line. Um, And then over the years, as it's changed, we do a lot more social media marketing. Um, Really, for us, that's the best way to target our market, our customer base. We can pinpoint, you know, who our customer is, because my customer at Marsh Landing is going to be a little bit different than a customer at Captain Hiram's or a customer at 14 Bones or something like that. Even though we're all restaurants, we all have different feels, so we have different customers that we're drawing from. Um, so being able to target that through social media has really been a benefit because you can control that narrative a little bit more and you can tell more of your story. And what we found from Marsh Landing is people want to be invested. They want to know our story because it's a unique story. Yeah. Um, so the more we can kind of tell them and make them feel a part of that and have them come experience that, the more they, likely they are going to make that longer trip. You know, one of the things that always amazes me about Marsh Landing is it's we have a lot of local customers. We have um, our coffee club that's there every day and <laughs> and that kind of thing. But we get a lot of people that travel, you know, one to two hours just to come to Marsh Landing, whether it's because of the unique food offerings or because of the atmosphere or because of where we're located makes a nice scenic drive. Um, so just being able to identify that. And then we still do a lot of radio um, and that type of thing. But you know, social media and and those different avenues, whether it's Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram is huge for food right now. People oh, yeah. like the pictures. Yeah. But really, Facebook is kind of your bread and butter um, where you build everything else off of. Well, yeah, in this, in this area, you're going to find that Facebook is where everybody lives. And then for a restaurant, a boutique, something like that, something that's sexy, that's aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. Instagram is, is going to be number 1A or 1B mm-hmm. or maybe a close number 2. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a restaurant, that Instagram's going to be where you show this stuff off. Right. Um, and what's kind of interesting, too, and I'm not sure if you are even aware, but you can advertise, you can target people that are in your general vicinity that are away from their hometown. Mm-hmm. So again, if you want to make this a destination, you can advertise to those people and say, hey, come check out Marsh Landing. Uh, we're an old Florida restaurant and we have gator tail. <laughs> we have frog legs. That's, well, that's exactly right. And that's why you're the guru on, on this oh, stuff, Curtis. See? Yeah. I well, mean, I'm just trying to give you a little tip, a little I, trick. No, yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, what's going to be really interesting is to see what the the next thing in social media is you know instagram was cool and it still is because i you know i'm a dork i love to see all the pictures myself (laughs) but then you have tiktok a lot of people are figuring out ways to use tiktok to market businesses we don't necessarily do that because i'm i'm too old well to be honest i'm not that cool but (laughs) today tiktok is is king in that 13 to 26 year old market and that's probably not where you guys really live um and that's fine but 
over time, I mean, Instagram used to be that 13 to 24 right. year old market. And now I see gr my mother, I won't even tell her age because she'll kill me, but she's on Instagram. Right. She just, she just requested to follow me yesterday. I'm like, what are you doing on Instagram? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's usually how the trend works. Right. The young people get on and then, uh, the generations behind them and then behind them and then behind them get on. And then the young people are like, well, I don't want to be here anymore. If grandma's on here, I don't want to be on here. Right. So now I'm getting something new. So now we're starting to see a trend of, 30s and 40 year olds getting on TikTok. So that's going to be, you know, that's going to grow a little bit. And then, like you said, what's the next thing? Right. Um, I don't know what it is. If, if I knew, I mean, I'd start investing. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> if any of us knew, we we would be um, sitting in a salt room, not necessarily yeah, attached in Attached to my living room. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, but it is cool to see how everything has trans you know just move forward in marketing and the different avenues and venues and you know the funny thing is is like i said we started out with print because print was king but, right. but now really you don't do that much print because it, it's more static so you can't tell your story you can't change that message as fast yep. and you well, use that more for specific functions versus yeah two, overall marketing two issues plans. that i found with print is one once it's printed like you said it's static it's there if you put the wrong phone number on there sorry it ran for the day the week the month the quarter the year however long that publication is in circulation um the other thing is the cost of print has not gone down but right. the cost of digital advertising is a fraction right. of a print is. so I, it, it's 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 backwards economics i don't quite understand why but yeah, I mean, to put a full-page ad in the newspaper is thousands of dollars for one day. You know, yeah. you could spend that over two months of, of social media advertising and get way more bang for your buck. So I'm not trying to shit on print, but I'm shitting right. on print. You know, it's well, not great. Well, and I great. think the goal is always to add layers to your marketing plan and have one thing build on the other. So you can do that and get exponentially more exposure through social media advertising than you can through print. Because right. yes, print is going to go into somebody's mailbox or to somebody's home and just sit there. Right. And then right. they have to interact with it versus social media. You know, you're interacting. It, it's more the opposite. I'm interacting with you versus you interacting. Well, you with can them. have a bilateral conversation too <laughs> with somebody on social media, whereas it's hard to do that with print. Right. Give that to somebody and they have to take it. And then you're hoping, you know, that they make an action on that. Right. Anyhow. Great. So. Look at Andy coming up with, I mean, that's like oh, 10 minutes of conversation. Well, you guys just gave me gold. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> so we're going to scrap the first like half an hour of this, and we're only going to run that last 10 minutes. Are you just going to put Andy in charge of the questions yeah. from now on? <laughs> Hell yeah. extra add-on question, because I used to be in the restaurant business, and that business, as you know, mm -hmm. is, you know, customer service, people can complain right there face-to-face. -face. Has that helped you be able to respond to those issues online? Uh, do you think that's empowered you to sort of, you know... That's a great question too. So, you know, my view on people's ability to do re post reviews, it, and it started kind of with TripAdvisor and now it's gone, you know, Facebook, you can do reviews straight on Facebook and Yelp and that kind of stuff. But it's, it's helpful to be able to address those concerns immediately. But at the same time, because people have the venue to complain or post things sometimes it's like well 
you were here at the restaurant when this situation happened, but you didn't convey that to me when I could fix it. And the right. goal for most business owners is to fix the problem when it happens. Right. I don't want anybody to leave unhappy. Like I never want them to have a bad experience. I also understand that sometimes you just can't make everybody happy because the expectations are just either really built up or they're different than what the reality well, is. And some or they people have a, just like to complain. And then you have some yeah. people that just like <laughs> to complain. So it's going to happen. Um, but so I think that the ability to review and social media in that aspect is kind of a double-edged sword. We can address it um, and we can post our response where people can see it. Other people can see it. Um, but it does allow people to kind of have that, I'm... I'm now more of an anonymous person, so I can say some nastier things than I might say sure. in person. Um, but I will say, you know, our philosophy at Marsh Landing is we don't necessarily respond to every single review that we get, but we do respond to um, the ones that we feel we need to kind of help tell our story or we there's an issue that we need to respond to because it was handled and now the person is still complaining or it wasn't handled, but we weren't aware of it. And, you know, very sorry, that's totally outside of our norm. And we want to make sure you understand that this is not something that we are okay with. And we're going to talk to our staff and make sure these things don't happen. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. Um, so it does, I think, give business owners a venue to do that when you wouldn't normally have had that in the past. Um, but, you know, I, Sometimes it is a little bit of a, a double-edged sword, but it almost it, seems it always like if, is. It, if it's somebody that just says this food sucked, that's not really worth. You know, it is what it is. But if somebody has a very specific bad experience, then at that point, like you said, you can you can try to address it and and like you said, maybe be a little proactive for the next time. Um, and I think as much as anything, I want other customer because a lot of people, especially for us, we get a lot of visitors to the area that are coming to the restaurant. They're not necessarily Indian River County res residents, they're, they're tourists, for lack of a better word. And they look at those reviews to see where am I going to go while I'm here, because I'm here for a finite amount of time, and I want to make sure that my time is spent well, and I'm enjoying myself. So they look through those reviews. So as, as much as I want to address the concerns of the customer, I also want to make sure that other people that are reading that know that we are responsive, and that this is our mantra. And you know, hospitality and Southern hospitality is something we take seriously. Um, but I've, I've seen, you know, restaurants and businesses that will respond to every single thing or they'll get into kind of a, I call it a review fight, you uh, know, they're back and that. forth, you know, and, and I get it. Sometimes you really want to do that. You really want to say those things because right. you're just, ah, um, but I always find that if you sleep on it, <laughs> 24 hours to respond or the you know, take a deep rule, breath I like that yep yeah <laughs> then you can come back and kind of be a, a little bit more professional uh, headed about yes, it. yeah yes yes yeah. sometimes our our uh, anger gets the best of us <laughs> across <laughs> all boards you got any more questions this i, I think i'm good man. this I, is great i'm just trying yeah. to you know get us to stay in this room longer uh, yes, yes i like that yeah. too yeah well i mean good job Andy. we're gonna turn this thing off and just chill so yeah, i know we should put this in our office just sand, you know the sand the, the, the salt, salt? Yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know if everybody can see but one of the coolest things about this room is like the whole floor is covered in like salt so it's almost like um the beach slash snow but it's salt it's like the coolest i don't know how to describe it it's really cool yeah it's um 
It was fun setting all this up in here. <laughs> I, can Im- <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, and it's going to be fun cleaning up all the equipment from with all the salt. But uh, but no, this place totally is so worth it. freaking cool. Yeah, love it. Cool. All right. Awesome. Was that it? I don't know. I mean, you know me. I, I will continue to talk. I will talk about anything forever. All so. right. What else we got? Florida State. Did you watch them Sunday? I did. How oh amazing gosh. was that I've, game? I've never been so happy about a loss. I know. I was yeah. thinking, because I went yeah. into it thinking, oh, it's going to be another building year. We're yeah. on this building decade. Yep. And yeah, yeah. Then building decade. That's a good way to put it. They yeah. totally like pulled and there was a time in like that first half where it seemed like they were just kind of well they were down 18 and i was like oh here we go old florida state where they get down 18 and then they lose by 40 and and you can see you could see it on some of their faces that they had just started to give up and i don't know what happened or who said what but man they pulled it out heck yeah i'm like you i've never been so happy for a loss yeah. <laughs> i don't even care if it was like a wide right or wide left or whatever yeah, it, ended well, up being. it was frustrating when we made the 50 yarder and then missed the 37 yarder or whatever it was, was like come on but, i know eh. but i'm just happy to see fight back in that team i so, am too yeah. i'm thinking oh, maybe we're out of the building years phase <laughs> we're in the growth phase maybe now. I, I, yeah, i'm happy we have Fingers two quarterbacks crossed. i'm happy that our running game looks good uh offensive line could use some help defensive line looked great jermaine johnson this guy's a transfer from georgia and he was just tearing up tearing up the, the backfield so so i have Very a question happy. for you how many tvs did you watch because i know you have like <laughs> seven tvs on your wall in the I've living room four tvs in my living room and so well sunday the dodgers and florida state were playing at the same time so i just had those on like the two big ones um but saturday was a lot of fun because it was the first (laughs) day of like real college football we have four games going on at any given time and this sunday well this podcast will come out next week so week one of the nfl starts the sunday after we're recording this on thursday whatever date this is the eighth or ninth or something like that Mm -hmm. so um nfl actually starts tonight so this sunday um i'm so excited to have all the tvs on nfl going on baseball going on it's going to be amazing so it's like your own little sports bar there well and that was how i explained it to my wife i said listen i can go out to a sports bar and i can spend you know money on dinner and drinks and probably not try to drive home or whatever or we could do this i'm home we have a a four-month-old almost a four-month-old it's like i could just hang out here and bring my friends here and then we're good and it's a lot cheaper so your wife is a good woman she is a freaking saint (laughs) um yeah she is the greatest person alive uh and yeah for her to put up with me is uh i still can't figure out why she does it but yeah so anyway yeah Yeah. so all right so florida state good all right well anything else how are your dodgers doing this year they're they have the second best record in the league um they're trailing the giants now by two games they actually play I don't know what time it is. It is twelve fifteen. They play in an hour, so we got to bust out of here. Okay. Um, Our time in the salt room is limited. Yeah. The well, Dodgers are playing. Set, I could set my phone up. We could watch it right here. That's but true. Uh, but the blue um, background would match. Yeah, but yeah, Dodgers are doing well. But um, yeah, they may have to, to get in the playoffs as a wild card just because they're in the same division as the team with the best record in baseball. So frustrating, yeah. but so goes it. Yeah. Well, keep watching. It's a long season. We got about 25, 30 more games, and yeah, and then the playoffs, and so end of October is when it all wraps up. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, you finish your season with a win. That's <laughs> that's how it all goes. The goal. Most teams, you know, the last game of their their season is with a loss. You don't want that. So. No. No. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Go Dodgers. Yeah. Go Dodgers. Go Florida State. Go Marsh Landing. Go County Commission. Go Frog Lake Festival. Go Frog Lake Festival. Yeah, man. Yeah. We could we could break this up into like five different podcasts, Andy. 
Yeah. We can, we can do a commercial for Marshall Landing out of this. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> right. Do you guys have a jingle or anything? Marshall Landing jingle? Um, no, no. We should uh, come we up gotta with work one. On that. We're we going to work on a Marshall Landing jingle. I feel like it's ripe for Some, a jingle. Something about frog legs. Keep on hopping here. To, oh, know. yo. Andy's. Oh. I mean, Andy's just coming I'm out with saying. things left and right Jeez. here. Something about this room is just getting yeah. right. We're definitely oh. going to put this in the office. If Andy's going to be this productive uh, because of the salt, we We're are definitely going to inspire with creativity. Yeah. Yep. All right. Oh, Lord. But I don't want to turn it off. I just don't want to hit stop. I've had so many opportunities to hit stop, and I'm, I'm not going to do it. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. <laughs> All right. What, what, what would you tell other restaurant tours, right? Make sure this is still recording. Who, who are We're still hesitant to, to spend money on social media because they think it's, it's not worth the money because they think, you know what, I'd rather put coupons out there, and I can see the coupons coming back. Which one do you think is better and why? Yeah, no, that's a great question because we used to do coupons mm -hmm. and we don't anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that we found was when we were doing coupons, people were coming specifically for that, but it wasn't, they weren't coming again because they would just go somewhere else where they had another coupon. So you weren't seeing the repeat business. Whereas with social media, um, you really start getting people to engage on your page. You can see that it, you know, people are engaging multiple times. Then you start recognizing them when they come in, and, and you're really building more of um, a following for people that want that. You'll have repeat business, and then they become your advocates, and now they're telling your their friends about you, and it just starts kind of growing like tendrils. Versus a coupon, you know, that's a one one hit and then they're done. Um, so what I would say is really what is it you're trying to accomplish? Do you just want to get a body in a door and not see them again? Or do you want to build a relationship with your customer that then you can cultivate year in and year out and really use them to grow more of your base? But just like with anything else in marketing, it you have to understand that it's going to be, there is going to be an expense and you might not be able to connect that specific expense to your bottom line. Like I, I know if I spend X amount of dollars on frog legs and then I sell X amount of dinners, I'm gonna make Y amount of dollars. You can't really do that as well with your marketing investment, but you just have to understand, you know, what would I have if I didn't invest these dollars here? Would my name be as, as well known? Would my reach be as far? Would I be bringing people from Stewart to Fellsmere to have frog legs if I wasn't marketing? Or would I only be constrained with, you know, my Fellsmere residents? So, you know, it, it is a gamble. And for my mom, it was really hard for me at first to sell her on the fact that we need to be investing more in marketing because she's one of those people that I want to be able to plug it into a formula and know that I've spent this much, my plate cost is this much, I've sold this much, so I've made this much. Yeah, we, we have that issue all the time with potential clients. Usually once we sign somebody, it's it's it makes sense. But to get them on the hook, they're like, well, all right, I want to know what my return on investment is going right. to be. And a lot of times we talk about lifetime value. I mean, mm -hmm. exactly what you're bringing up. How many times can I get somebody to be a repeat customer? John Taffer, do you know who he mm -hmm. is? He was a bar mm -hmm. rescue guy. He uh, he, he had a great story, and, and I won't really get into it, but he basically said the if somebody shows up to your restaurant one time, 
the likelihood of them to show up a second time is like 40 percent right and then uh, the second to the third time is still only like 42 percent but the second to the third time is like 70 percent chance or something like that right where it's like if you can get them to come in the door three times you're golden right um and so yeah what, what's my return on investment to get him in the first time what is it the second time what is it the third time and so he came up with this analogy or this story where basically if they show up the first time um i forget what it was somehow you got him in the door you gave him a free meal or something all right mm-hmm. so they, they show up and then you give them a red napkin so you know it's their first time then as the manager or the owner you can come in talk to them hey welcome i see it's your first time here uh you got to try our chicken you know here's here's a free chicken meal right so what's that cost you three dollars you know all right so you get them in the second time and then once they have that you know that because they have the chicken coupon it's their second time then the third time would be like all right well here's you got to try dessert and then after the dessert comes once you've got them in there three times they're just going to keep showing up so it's yeah how many how can i get that person in there three times is the goal how do i get them to create or to put me as part of their routine right you know and and that's really what it is so how much repetition does it take for me to become a habit for them and a coupon or just touching them with print isn't going to get you there right they need to see you over and over and over again and the way that happens the best at least the most efficiently for us is through social media yeah. through you know for us in this area like you were saying facebook yeah i can touch them you know four or five times versus an investment in a coupon or a mailer is only going to touch them once yeah no that's Music to our ears. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is gold content. Right? All right. Cool. We might have to have you on again. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you have a salt room podcast, I'll be here. 2024, when she runs for a re-election, we're going we're gonna to have her on again. You see how I stuck that one in there? I see how you, what you did. I I'm see trying. what you did. I'm really, Full really circle. trying to get, you, to get you to do that again. So It has been fun. Yeah. Nothing's off the table. All right. Good. All right. Well, this has been a the longest one. This is the Guinness World Record for the longest pop up podcast, fifty minutes. So, Woo! all right. So, is that it, Andy? You, uh, you gotta have more I'm questions. I'm gold, man. I, I, I don't want to keep having without a microphone. I, mean, I tell you what, no, Andy, I, you write all this all this gold down, yeah, and I'll yeah. come back and we'll do it again. Yeah, as long as it's here. Right, <laughs> right as long as Andy it's here. behind the mic next time. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. All right. Cool. Maybe I should have a podcast with Andy, just he and I. I'm talking about him. I That's bet that would be cool. And, and I can and run the camera. And have him ask all the questions, and then he answers them. <laughs> I, I just like sit that. Here like this. And I'll run the camera, so no <laughs> guarantees that you'll actually be seen. But, okay, we're you looking know. for an intern. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not that you don't have enough things on your plate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you do cool spots like this, and, yeah, right. you know, I could That's intern. Right. Added benefit. Yeah. All right. I'm going to turn this off now. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's really been a lot of fun. Andy, lovely as My always. My pleasure as well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for, for coming in. Um, thank you to Salt for having yes, us. We're going to chill awesome. and watch the Dodger game here. Um, yeah, this is fun. This is this fun. Was, um, I, I'm saying this very reactively, and I shouldn't, but this has been my favorite one. I think. <laughs> I think this has been my favorite one. This has been my favorite podcast, too. Sorry, episodes oh. one through. This is like one of five or six. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, awesome. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again. And thank you. Um, yeah, thanks. If you got through this far in the podcast, you yeah. guys are awesome yeah. for sticking right. around. How could they not? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, all right. Well, that's it. All right. I'm not going right. to threaten again. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye.